Welcome to the I Can Do That podcast. I'm Jem Fadling, spiritual formation coach, author, and founding partner of Unhurried Living. With 30 years experience in spiritual formation, I help people grow by combining grounded optimism with practical spirituality. This effective dynamic will guide you onto the path of discernment so that you can transform your hopes into habits. Each episode, I'll share one practical idea with one simple takeaway. Together, we'll grow at the pace of transformation and you'll move into your day saying to yourself, I can do that. If you haven't heard episode number 10, Lessons from Nature, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Today, I'm sharing part two, and they really do go together. Number 10 is a sample experience of unhurried time with God, and today I'm giving you all the details you need to know how to set up a time like this, how to prepare, and what to do once you're there. So let's return to the word I mentioned in the last episode, and that word is receptivity. Receptivity just isn't discussed much these days. We are typically more concerned with activity, what we're producing or how much we're achieving. And these more often rise to the surface of our conversations. But receptivity is critical for the work of the soul. Openness, listening, letting go, embracing, presence, these are all more accessible in unhurried time with God. For me, this looks like setting aside time and going somewhere conducive. I prefer to walk or sit in nature. Nature helps me naturally slide into receptive mode as I enjoy the sights, smells, and sound of the ocean or the tree-covered paths of a local park. Then I drop my agenda and I move through the time with open heart and open hands. Well, as promised, let's make our way through planning and engaging unhurried time with God. And these ideas are about as practical as it gets. So let's start with number one, time and space. Schedule a window of at least two hours and maybe even up to six hours or a full day. Put this in your calendar like any other important personal or business meeting you might schedule and don't move it or miss it unless there's an emergency. Choose a location you enjoy, which might be your own backyard, a local museum, a beach, a park, a forest, whatever you choose. Number two, what do I bring? Well, resist the temptation to bring anything that feels like a to-do or a task. Bring whatever is life-giving for you. Music, spiritual reading, your Bible, a journal. Keep things super simple. Less is usually better. And depending on your location, you might want to bring a chair, a blanket, or something to eat and drink. And always remember to dress appropriately in layers in view of your weather. I told you this was going to be very practical. So that's what to bring. Number three, arrive and set up. Now let your time begin on the drive to your chosen location. Listen to worship music or just enjoy the silence in the car. Talk to God about your hopes, your anxieties, your desires, whatever. And when you arrive, don't spend too much time looking for the perfect spot. You could spend the entire time doing that. Simply choose a good enough spot and sit yourself down. Or, if you're walking, begin your stroll at a leisurely pace. 
Sitting still the whole time is not a requirement, so if moving helps, then move. This is what usually works for me. Number four, identify and release. Now, this is a time to be with God in whatever way he knows you might need. Therefore, begin your time by noticing your expectations and your agendas. Release these to God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Lord may wish to bring refreshment, challenge, encouragement, conviction, joy, grieving, play. The possibilities are endless. Or God may just wish to be together with no apparent agenda. You can trust God with this. Number five, silence. So after releasing your agenda, it helps to take maybe the first 15, 20, or 30 minutes just to be completely silent. And what you're doing here is you're letting the dust settle in your mind. Don't worry if your mind is noisy. Everyone's is. Just do what you can to resist the temptation to do something or say something. Just rest your brain, breathe deeply, enjoy the silence as much as you can. Number six, listening. Listen with your whole self, your ears, your eyes, all of your senses. Pay attention. If you're outdoors, look at bugs, flowers, birds, trees, or water. Let God speak to you through creation. I shared an example of that last week. So listen for whatever God might be saying to you. If you're indoors, notice your surroundings. Move slowly and breathe deeply. If God seems to have nothing to say, remember it's good just to be in his presence without communication. Again, if you are an active personality, you may find that walking or hiking helps you pay more attention. Number seven, what do I do? Well, at first, it may seem strange to have no agenda, but over time, it will become comfortable and actually a wonderfully anticipated part of your time with God. Where else can you go and have no agenda? You may have brought some helpful items, and it's perfectly okay to spend time with some of these. Go ahead and listen to your music. Close your eyes and let the sounds enter your heart. Read a few pages of your book, not for learning, but for opening yourself to transformation. You might simply want to walk and pray, or you may be silent the entire time. The point is that whatever you do, you remember that you are with God. This time is not measured by productivity, but by relationship. Number eight, outward distractions. Do what you can to avoid obvious outward distraction. Seek to find a solitary and quiet location. Turn your mobile phone off or put it in airplane mode. And don't look at your calendar or your to-do list. Seek to offer God the gift of your attention and just focus on what God might wish to say or do. Number nine, inward distractions. Now, the problem of distractions here is unavoidable. You might find your mind wandering or racing to many other things. You don't have control over this, but you do get to decide whether or not you will distract yourself with your thoughts about your thoughts. So here are two simple strategies to consider. First, keep a blank piece of paper nearby, write the distractions as they come, and then let them go. They can wait until later. Second, picture a slow, flowing river in your mind. Notice the leaves that float atop the water. 
Each leaf is just a thought that comes to mind, and just watch them as they gently float by. There's no need to engage. You can simply notice and let go. Number 10, sleep. Now, a lot of people find that when they stop, they realize they're tired. So if you find that out, let God give you a nap. You could think of yourself as a beloved child falling asleep on your parents' lap. God the Father loves to give rest. So often people wake up from their nap refreshed and able to be much more aware and attentive to God's voice. So if you take a little power nap, it's okay. Now, these are not rules of engagement. They're simply gentle guidelines to help you make your way forward. Read them over. Do what works for you. And since this is a lot of information, I'm happy to let you know that you can download these guidelines as a handy PDF that you can print and take with you. You can download a copy of the process I just described at unhurriedliving.com slash guidelines. Okay, so let's end here with a beautiful insight from Dallas Willard. Only solitude and silence, extensively practiced at wisely allotted intervals, can take the world off my back and forever release me from both hurry and loneliness. They open the door to productive engagement with other disciplines. I begin to find myself increasingly before God in such a way that He can safely fill me with Himself. And remember this everything becomes prayer when you bring it into the presence of God. Blessings to you as you engage unhurried time with God. Here's your I can do that for this week. Get out your calendar and schedule yourself some unhurried time, and the sooner the better. But let me say this. It doesn't matter if you can't make it happen for two or even six months from now. The point is, begin where you are and take the next step that you can. Commit to a time and a place and get it on your calendar, and then do not miss it unless there's a true emergency. And I understand if you have an unusual schedule or if you have young children, this will take some maneuvering and extra planning. I know. I get it. I lived it. Please don't feel pressure here. This is not the time for judgment or guilt. This is an invitation. It's an invitation to presence, to love, to refilling, to replenishing. Give yourself the gift of this time and blessings to you as you lean into this. Remember, you're making your way forward one small, simple, and gracious step at a time. If you love what you just heard, please follow, rate, and review this podcast. This helps more people find us, and I really appreciate your help. You can also text this episode to a friend so they can join you on this journey. Together, let's move at the pace of grace and grow at the pace of transformation. If you'd like to connect with me and Unhurried Living further, I invite you to sign up for Unhurried Daily. For 40 days, we'll send you a brief daily email that will serve as a touchpoint for an unhurried inner pace. 
It's just a few sentences with a practical question, prayer, or tip. So sign up now on our website at unhurriedliving.com. 